Welcome to Crosstalk, following Jesus together. I'm your host, Dave Sherrill, and I have my co-host here, Pastor Kevin. I'm Kevin. And we have a very special guest today, longtime church member and longtime Christian, Terry Hinders. Hello. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about how our faith connects with our work. Terry is a very fortunate person right now. She was able to retire from a long career locally, and we want to draw on her wisdom from a lot of years of following Christ and following Christ publicly across her life. Can our faith connect with our work? And if so, what does it look like? Uh, we're going to look at three primary aspects of this. We're going to talk about how our faith connects with work at a personal level. Uh, we're going to talk about how it connects with our work as we interact with other people. And we're also going to talk about it as an evangelistic opportunity and what that could look like. We will have a book recommendation later and, a, and some quotes, but let's get into the meat of the discussion. Can our faith connect with our work? Pastor, do you have anything you'd like to offer? Yeah, actually. Um, you know, throughout the scriptures, we see this picture of uh, work that is, it's not something alongside faith, but actually faith is interwoven in it. Um, we could probably do a, a wonderfully long podcast or write a book on God's own work in the garden and then how our work follows on. But uh, for time's sake today, let me just direct us to Colossians chapter 3, uh, well-known passage, verse 17. Um, I, I always find this interesting where Paul writes, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Um, and so I take that quite, you know, as, as written, uh, whatever you do, um, you know, in the context of, of Colossians that has some very specific meanings, but even more broadly in the Christian life, I think that applies to our work also, how we work, how we serve, how we um, not only provide for our families, but even uh, work for others and provide for the common good. Uh, I think this idea of work and faith is part and parcel of the Christian life. And Terry, just to pick your brain a little bit about this, as you walked through your career, did you ever intentionally think about how can my faith connect with my job? Uh, for the most part, probably not. Um, I think where I worked was... Um, an area where you were busy quite a bit of the time and there were not a lot of people around me. And so you worked pretty closely with the same small knit group of people um, all the time. And there was a lot of stress just because of the nature of the job um, that I do. It's in the medical profession. And so um, I would say not most of the time, no, unless I had some sort of an interaction with somebody or made a mistake and then um, which that happens uh, then I would think more a little bit about it how I could change what I was doing to make Christ more apparent to them just through my actions yeah that's a, a really good insight I mean you're, you're kind of striking at where we're talking about faith connecting with work um, there's a danger uh, not a danger um, there's a tendency when we talk about how does our faith 
connect with our work, we immediately want to run to evangelism when really the question of faith connecting with work is much broader and deeper. And I kind of hear that in your, in your initial thoughts. No, I wasn't like intentionally pursuing evangelism at the time, but when I messed up or somebody else messed up, then I tried to think about how should I react? What should I say? What should I do? How should I do it differently in the future? And that response was fueled based on Christian character that you had learned out of the scriptures many times. Uh, my responses aren't always formed by that as deeply as I wished they were. That's a, that could be a struggle for, for many of our listeners. But uh, I think you did strike a really solid chord there with how faith is more than just words. It also moves into your actions and your interactions with other people. So if we think about faith on a personal level, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Can our faith connect with our work on a personal level? I think that kind of what we're trying to consider here is, does, does my Sunday learning through the sermon and my, my daily Bible reading, does it change the way that I act uh, on a personal level? Does my, my faith life influence how I decide to do my job. Uh, for me personally, um, this is a big part of how my faith connects with my work because I have to think about things like the way I react to a given change. None of us like change. Change occurs all the time. It's kind of funny because the my profession, I change people's lives all the time, and yet change comes into my life, and I object. I don't like it. Uh, but one of the questions is, okay, a change happens or a mistake is made. Now, what do I do? And it isn't even always a change occurs in the work environment. It can be a change occurs in my personal life. But yet I, I drag my life along with me wherever I go, and I have to make choices on how I react, how I talk about it, how I interact with other people uh, in those different situations. And I think that's a, it's an opportunity for us to extend the impact of our Sunday morning sermon, our Bible studies, our reading the Bible regularly. It's a way to extend that more deeply and broadly across my life is one of the ways I think about it. It's a challenge when we talk about stuff like this because some of this is personal history and we don't want to get into a lot of the details. We really don't want to talk about where we work or the names of people that we were involved with. Uh, we don't want to get into too many specific details. But yet there are you know, general descriptions of things that we have occur in the workplace uh, that I think would be helpful for uh, our listeners to kind of use that as a springboard in their own employment to consider how they might react. I don't know if there's any general challenges that you'd want to maybe talk through a scenario or two, Pastor? Yeah, I mean, one, one example I would give um, that really came home to, to kind of roost for me was um, when I was in seminary, I worked for the seminary um, in a job doing kind of audiovisual 
um, recording and production and things like that. So the, you know, the guys and gals at the back of the room, you know, the lights are dimmed, they're running the mixer and the computer. That was, that was my job. And a big part of that job involved um, working on other people's schedules to make them sound great, look great, you know, whatever, get their message out. Um, even though it would almost never be convenient for me or for my coworkers. But my boss set a really great example um, where again and again he would tell us, you know, it's not about you. You know, our role in all of this is to help them. You know, so he really saw it not just as a as a job that needed to be done or something like that, but actually as a service. So it's, we are going to serve others. We don't get recognition, but we're not asking for recognition. The Lord knows what we're doing. Um, and he, he set that tone personally. He really did a great job communicating it to us as, you know, kind of the, the, the crew there. And um, later on then, when I was being ordained, uh, you have to read a bunch of books in the EFCA denomination, and one of them has to do with the history. And I, I read this little anecdote from one of the early names in the EFCA, a guy named A.T. Olson, and he was talking about his parents. And his parents um, were you know, not, not you know, big theological eggheads or anything like that. Instead, what they did to serve the Lord, other than you know, faithfully going to church and supporting and that sort of thing, they were the custodians. And one of the things he recalls seeing from them is this same attitude of service where as they're cleaning each day, you know, they'd go in, this was a time when churches had, you know, the wooden seats that were individual for people. And they would go in and they'd be, you know, dusting them off and polishing them up. They would literally pray for whoever would sit in that seat in the coming Sunday. And uh, his, his point wasn't to be super spiritual or anything, but it was simply to say, you know, this is a custodial job that most folks might think is just sort of a, you know, a necessary part of, of life. But it too can be worship to the Lord and service to others. And so I think that's one of the, the personal things that it has to be a personal decision or intention of I'm going to do my job, whatever it is, for God's glory. You know, and I don't think that's at all limited to pastors and missionaries. And um, that's, that's one of the misunderstandings in our culture that we need to get rid of. Um, it, it's not as if pastors and missionaries and, and church people are somehow, they're the ones who have the holy important jobs. That's not true at all. Um, I would say everyone's work is every bit as important as mine. Uh, mine just perhaps might be more visible in some ways. Nevertheless, uh, I think God is glorified from the, the city dog catcher to, um, you know, to the mom at home caring for her children and raising them in the Lord to the dad who goes and works in, you know, kind of one of those, uh, you know, almost a cubicle farm um, shift in paper every day. It can be for God's glory. Even in the mundane things of your job, there are opportunities there to pray, to think about who you're working for, um, things like that. Now, we talked about a personal application of connecting our faith to our work. 
Um, but we, there's also an aspect to this. When we work, most of us don't work alone. We work with other people. Terry, you have a reputation for like knowing everyone. Um, how have you developed this uh, winnable interest in such a broad range of people? I don't even really know how to answer that. Mm -hmm. I think it's a giftedness from the Lord. Um, I've worked with a lot of different kinds of people, everything from Christians to people who are atheists and they claim to be. Um, I've worked with people from different countries, um, different ages. And so just listening to people talk is a huge thing for a lot of people. I mean, I think that when you work with the same three or four people, which is what I did most of the time, you get to know these people's stories, whether it be their history, their kids, um, their divorces. There's a lot of different things that you hear about. Um, and so to be a good listener is a huge thing and not always to have all the answers because I think not everybody's looking for you to give them all the right answers, whether it be Christianese or something else. Sometimes they just want to be able to vent, know that you'll pray for them. Um, sometimes it does involve answers, but often it does not. Yeah, that's a great point. We're, we're very big on wanting to give answers. And some of us are wired that way. We immediately jump into troubleshooting mode. Uh, and to build that, the depth of a relationship with your coworkers it really isn't uh, you coming in as a troubleshooter trying to fix their life. Uh, it is a, a, a patience, a patient listening, I think, uh, that can have a huge impact on people. Uh, you know, I know when we're, we're, we're at our job, uh, we are paid to accomplish our work. But yet part of that work includes relationships with people. Uh, so I, I think um, taking the time to listen, to be patient with them, and to file away um, in your memory the things that you've learned about them over time, uh, it, it can help you engage them in more helpful ways in the future. And even in the little things, listen to them. And then when the big things occur, it may be an opportunity for you to, to give some real help to them uh, in a lot of different ways. That real help is not just saying, here's John 3.16. I mean, that is real help, absolutely. Uh, but there, there may be precious few opportunities in a workplace for you to, pers to have that conversation. But you can still support your coworkers in a way that displays Christ's character through your interactions with them. Um, Let me jump in there mm -hmm. and ask you both, because I, you know, I work here at a church. I have, in essence, two other coworkers, but not, you know, not full time, not like the both of you did, where it was every day with folks that um, you've probably worked with, some of them at least for, for years. Think back to a time when, when you had an opportunity to do some spiritual good to someone else. Um, and I'm not asking you to share details or something like that, but 
Um, you know, maybe it's they had a, a crisis and you had built some trust with them, so you were an ear. Or what? What's a piece of advice you would give our listeners for how they can be perhaps helpful in some of the same ways? What's either a lesson you've learned, or maybe a, you know a real brief snippet of something you've done where that coworker might have even you know, who knows, maybe came back later and just said, thank you so much, that helped me, or how can we help our listeners? That's a great question. And I got to think about how to answer it. You got anything you can offer, Terry? <laughs> uh, just when you were talking about that, um, a gal that I worked with, and this has been several years ago, around the same age as me, had some family difficulties and her husband um, ended up being injured and just through talking to her um, I discovered that financially they were really hurting and so another couple co-workers and co-workers and myself just got together and gave them some gift cards and a very simple thing and I, I know the gal was extremely grateful I still am in contact with her on Facebook and and she was a believer but it was one of those situations where there was an opportunity, and so we just took it. I mean, I think to be open to listening and to do things that you can do, both praying for them and listening, but also sometimes it's physically being able to do something for them that's helpful. Having worked in the same place for 35 years and having worked with a group of people, many of them for decades, you see all kinds of challenges in people's lives professionally, personally, relationally, financially, you name it. You see all kinds of challenges. And it's, a, it's been a hard lesson to learn to not be the problem solver, but to be the active listener. And simply asking them to tell their story really does deepen the relationship that you have with them. And it gives you an opportunity as time passes, you build that, that, that friendship and that depth across not just little bumps, huge bumps. We're talking about severe illnesses, deaths of friends, spouses, issues with children, uh, issues with relationships. They're not small things. I get disappointed if they quit making my favorite flavor of something at the grocery store that's a disappointment these are not those kind of issues these are huge life issues and yet even though they are large life issues i find that being willing to listen to their story deepens the friendship and is to some extent uh, kind of different than the rapid quick solution that we see in our culture everywhere Everyone wants a quick answer. Your friends over, long, over the long haul are not looking for the quick answer. They're looking for a friend. When you have to develop those kind of friendships across people that come from a lot of different backgrounds, you have to be sensitive to where they're coming from. My insight's probably very close to what Terry is sharing. Be a willing listener, but also take the time as part of your job, you know, when you're, when you're working together, you spend more time with them than you probably do with your family. As far as your active working, waking hours, you interact with the people at your job more than you do with your own family. Um, 
it's it it's worth investing in them it's worth investing your energy in them to build that relationship um so no magic answer there i don't <laughs> well but i mean one thing and i'm not sure if uh, if either of you realized it in your answers or not but you you said several very helpful things i think for all christians everywhere um almost uh, almost sort of a, a proverbs kind of thing of a lot of times what we see in our culture, even sometimes in our Christian cultures, that Christians should be the ones with all the answers, you know, at the ready, just, oh, you got a problem, boom, here it is, and you just need to do this. And What I heard from you is very different, and that's a good thing. Um, it's much more what we hear in Proverbs of being very slow to speak. You know, it's, it's, it's that Christians should be the, the first to listen and the first to care about people as as human beings made in the image of God, rather than as a as a project or as just someone to get get over, get around, or or what have you. And you know, I think part of that is seeing how the Lord has worked in you two personally, with how that then um, amounts to the ways that you inter interact with other people. And, you know, that gives me just kind of one more question here, Terry. Um, you know, I've been at this church a number of years, and one of the, the first things that I learned about you, uh, other than that you are the, uh, the wonderful person who, who signs my paychecks, but um, was our church food pantry, that you, alongside several others in church, uh, have really taken that as your own, you know, kind of under your wing, um, especially in these last years. And so now even to the extent to where, uh, Terry, you're now retired and, and you know, some folks might spend their retirement very differently, but you end up spending, um, at least for that monthly food pantry, quite a bit of time um, up here each month or, or even at home ordering the food. Or, and one of the things that you've mentioned you've missed over COVID um, was how we used to be able to have more interaction with the people who came to the food bank. And I realize they're not co-workers. It's, it's a little bit different, but that is your work that you are living out. Um, what's, just as you think through the, the years you've been doing that, the, the people that we've had the privilege of meeting and serving, uh, some of them for most of those years, which is really cool, what might be something you would say to an, uh, a fellow Christian for, you know, here's one or two things for how to love someone else well, even if they're coming from a very different place from you, a very different background, but you want to love them as Christ loves them. What would just be a, a thought or two that's helped you through that? I mean, I know one is you, you obviously very often ask the rest of us, um, you know, even some of us kind of in the back rooms bagging and things, but, you know, if someone brings a prayer request, you share it with us. So we're praying for them by name. What would you add to that, though? I would say in a lot of ways, it's very similar to what I said about actually the working environment. Many of these people are looking for an ear, and it may be something that you develop a relationship with them over the long 
course of time where you talk to them every month about different things. It might be somebody that comes once that just dumps on you that for whatever reason needed to do that and you never see them again. But I think we represent more than just food to them, which, I mean, that's one way of helping them. But another way of helping them is just treating them like people and treating them like they're important and listening. Um, and again, often we don't have a lot of answers when we're talking with them, but just to have someone actually listen to you is a huge thing for people. And you don't even really have to try very hard for some people to talk to you. I mean, I think some people think, oh, I can't do that because I don't, you know, I don't know how to start a conversation. I don't know what to say. And it doesn't really have anything to do with that. It's just, hey, how are you doing today? And if they start, you listen. I mean, it doesn't, it's not a complicated process. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, we're, we're excellent at overcomplicating so many things. <laughs> I have been amazed at how easily checkout clerks at Walmart want to tell their story. And all you got to do is open the door and they'll, they'll let you into their life. Uh, details that they probably don't share with a lot of people. And you're just there for a few minutes. But I think that makes an impression. Um, and, you know, maybe there's an opportunity there in the future to invite them to church or have some kind of impact around them there. But that isn't necessarily just every time in the moment that you, you're looking to push a tract into their hand. You're just trying to treat them with dignity and respect. And I think that that is a character display uh, that God honors. And one of the reasons that I say that is uh, as I was preparing for, preparing for this episode of the podcast, crosstalk following Jesus together. Uh, I found a, a, a several passages that were helpful, but I'll, I'll only bring up one right now. It's out of Galatians 6, and it says, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. We're very clear here on the gospel. We don't earn our salvation in any way. But there is a real welding together. Uh, there's a, a walking together of faith and works in the sense of your faith comes out in your works. Uh, doing good to others is, is biblical. And maybe sometimes we hesitate to think about it that way because we want to be so crystal clear that it is not works and yet the simple act of being an open ear or lending a helping hand in a time of need really can uh, build a bridge with people that that can endure and give you an opportunity to um, have a greater influence in their life over time now i know each of you has at some point over the years here told me of opportunities you have had to share, thinking back to the stories here, I think in both cases with, with co-workers, I think, um, or at least with folks that you've met out in the community, to share something um, spiritual with them. Uh, maybe it was direct evangelism or maybe just some, some hope from the scriptures for them. If you know, as, as our listeners, as they seek to cultivate what we've already been talking about, how to, how to listen to others well, be interested in their lives, care about them, 
um, let's say that they actually do get an opportunity. Someone, someone does the, uh, the proverbial, hey, you know, are, are you one of those Christians? Do you go to church? You know, what, what advice would you give me? How would you counsel our listeners to engage if they have an open door like that? I know that's a broad question without a lot of details, but just think back to some of your own experiences. What was helpful? What did you do? I guess um, I would look to one particular gentleman that I worked with for several years, much younger than me, old enough to probably actually be my son. Um, Grew up in the Catholic Church. I do not believe he had a relationship with the Lord. But he was very often questioning. He was a huge reader and had read through the Bible several times. And so he knew a lot about Scripture. But we engaged in numerous conversations over the course of several months about different things from the Bible. And the one thing that he said to me the first time we talked was, as long as you don't shove this down my throat, I'm willing to listen to anything you have to say. And I would love to engage in a conversation with you. And he ended up leaving to go back to school. And I actually gave him a Bible. I've never really done that to anybody else at work before, but I did give one to him. And he actually is back now at St. Luke's. And I don't know that he's a believer, but I pray for him. So I think sometimes the opportunity just opens itself up. I know, I know from your preaching, Pastor, that you have a deep respect for the written word of God. And people may need that direct confrontation to call for a decision for Christ, but it can be a process to lead up to that point. And many times, exposure to the word can stir their heart to gain an interest in spiritual things there were uh, there were opportunities as we as I worked with some people over a long period and I got to know them uh, that I could uh, talk about scripture with them mostly in little snippets but I could also get a book in their hand that could help in their specific situation. And the Word of God stands above and beyond any other thing I could give them, but um, a book written from a Christian perspective that speaks into the kind of challenge they're going through really is seen many times as a, as a life-changing impact for them. I've seen it work out that way. I have seen God use the efforts of a an author to impact someone's life for the better uh, in considering where do I stand in my faith? What do I really believe? Um, There's been other there's been other opportunities where I've actually seen atheists um, welcome support expressed by Christians because the atheist recognized that was the deepest way that they could communicate to that person who needed help that they were trying to help them. They recognized that. I really respected that um, when I saw that happen because a lot of times, uh, not just an agnostic lifestyle, not just a, I don't know if there's a God or not, but I mean an active atheistic worldview can sometimes be like a strong acid. Anyone expresses faith around that, it can generate a response, almost like an explosion. But I have seen 
when very challenging circumstances arise and there is a there are a number of voices offering encouragement to that person from a position of faith uh, that it makes an impact on them it softens them uh, to potentially consider where they stand with their creator can i just share um a passage from 1 Corinthians 3 that to me kind of speaks to that. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Yeah, what I've heard from the both of you largely is first listen to people, um, treat them as people, not just projects, not just folks you have to work with, but get to know them. Um, look for opportunities to do that intentionally and relationally. Uh, a lot of times, at least from both of the stories you've shared, it seems like that happens usually when life is hard rather than when it's easy. So be willing to engage people and to do some good to, for them um, in those circumstances. And I, I think those are certainly truths that arise out of the scriptures and that every Christian can apply, whether that's workplace, whether that's, hey, even, even mom at home who then goes and meets for playdates with others, mm -hmm. um, retiree in the nursing home who has neighbors to one side or the other. Right? These are the things that the Christian life is built on. Now, Dave, I know uh, speaking of work or to use the kind of Christian nerdy term vocation, um, a number of years ago, we as a church actually did a, uh, we had kind of a, an evening study on this. And I know you've read um, a fair bit about it as well. Do you have a book that you would recommend I would recommend a, a book by um, a pastor who was educated through the Free Church Seminary uh, and who pastors a free church in Kansas. Uh, the name of the book is Work Matters. The author is Tom Nelson. Uh, the subtitle is Connecting Sunday Worship to Monday Work. And when we went work through this as a study, you don't agree with everything. Um, we shouldn't agree with everything. We need to be a little skeptical in what we hear uh, so that we make sure we discern uh, the good from the, the weaker points. But it had a lot of meat on the bone uh, when we read through it. And it challenged me in the way that I thought about, about vocation. Uh, vocation is a bit of a loaded word when it comes to church talk, but we're, we're trying not to explore just a bunch of churchianity terms um, so when we say uh, faith in the workplace or faith in work we're, we really are talking about all the, the wide variety of employment and other activities that, that you our listeners engage in and we want to encourage you to consider how Christ could impact the extent of your life not only uh, in opportunities of faith, but in opportunities of effort and labor and work and listening.
and helping, all those things are opportunities uh, for you to live out your faith actively. And uh, Tom Nelson in this book, Work Matters, does a great job of really challenging uh, how far we take our living out of our faith in all the different avenues of our life. And I found it to be a very helpful book. Uh, it's not too long. It's uh, about 200 pages. There is some um, there is some study questions included in it. Uh, it's uh, it's about it's about 10 years old. The book is about 10 years old, but uh, I I would say it remains current in its content uh, and can be very helpful for you. Um, our our Ending quotation that I want to, it's very brief, it's out of that book by Tom Nelson, the book called Work Matters. And this speaks, it wasn't planned that this quote would echo what we've been talking about, but I think it does. And here's what he writes, our God-honoring work is often one of the greatest apologetics for our God-focused words want to have the opportunity to speak into people's lives live life with them walk alongside them be a friend and then you have a chance to bring those god-focused words to bear on their life when it's really hard and that opens the door so many times times of prosperity we tend to be deaf times of trouble all of a sudden our ears open up many times Thank you for listening to Crosstalk, following Jesus together.